You are listening to the Genesis Podcast, a community of faith, love, and hope. As we look to the scriptures, it is our desire to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. We are continuing our series, Elements, looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And just like there's the periodic chart, the elements that make up all the things that we see, there are elements to our life in Christ that are supposed to be things that are seen in us, things that our life produces. Remember, the fruit of the Spirit, it's not about things that we find. We don't find peace. We don't find joy. We produce peace. We produce joy. We produce patience, right? We don't get patience, we actually produce it. And we talked last time about what if we thought of patience as instead of waiting for something, we thought of it as investing, where we invest our life in something and we wait for that return, that dividend to increase. And and today, we're going to be talking about kindness. Again, Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Paul, as he's writing to the Galatian church, he's wanting them to understand what it is that God requires of them. Many of them who've come from the Jewish tradition felt that God required them to keep some of the ceremonial laws, the dietary laws, to keep the Sabbath or to be circumcised, that to to produce a life that is going to honor God, you need to keep these things as a part of your life. And Paul is trying to help them to see that to be a follower of Christ, you do not need to follow the law of Moses. What he's really trying to help them understand is, first of all, who God is. If you understand who God is and what God does, then we know this, we can learn what God requires. If we know who God is, then we'll understand what he desires of us. And so that is what he's trying to accomplish here because God will never require something from us that is outside of his own nature. So God is not about getting us to follow rules and regulations God is wanting us to be connected with who he is. Remember, we are created in his image. And so the things that Paul is listing here, the fruit of the Spirit, when he talks about love, well, God is love. We know that in 1 John 4, 8. Joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah chapter 8. These are characteristics that God has himself, peace. May the God of peace equip us in every good thing, Hebrews thirteen twenty, Patience, the Lord is not slow concerning his promise, but is patient, not willing that any should perish. All these things are characteristics of who God is. It is really what we see in the character of God, and it's supposed to be seen in us as well. We are created in his image, and so many of these things are exactly what we see in the image that God has created us to be. Many of these things fit the description of what love is in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. These are characteristics of love. In fact, the fruit of the Spirit, many think that love is 
the ultimate fruit and all these things are characteristics of that love. So a person who is filled with the Spirit of God has the characteristics of God. I know that sounds really simple, but it's so easy to get distracted of that. It's so easy to think of a person who is filled with the Spirit of God as a person who has a lot of knowledge about the Bible, or a person does miraculous things, or if a person you know, is engaged in something that we can t- consider spectacular, that person is filled with the Spirit of God. Why? Because I, I saw something spectacular happen. Oh, they have such in-depth wisdom and knowledge and understanding of the Scripture. But really, if you want to know if someone's filled with the Spirit of God, are they a person of love? Are they a person of joy? Are they a person who's patient? Are they a person who's kind? Are they a person who's good? Don't show me all the things that you say are what makes you, or don't tell me about all the things that make you holy. Show me the characteristics of God in your life. You see, there's no faking this. There's no counterfeit. You can't go around and, and, yes, brother, here's the Bible verse for you today. And they start throwing these things out and you think, oh, wow, man, that guy's so filled with the Spirit of God. Well, no, he might be. Is he kind? Because the knowledge means nothing without these characteristics. The miraculous means nothing. Paul said, although I have faith that all mountains would be removed, if I have not love, I am just a assembling, tingling brass. I, I have nothing. Because it's all about the characteristics of God being produced in our life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 47, if you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Kindness is supposed to be something now that is not selective or partial. We don't just choose, I'll be kind to you because I like you or I want to get a deal on my next car and you happen to be a car salesman. I'll be kind to you because you're, you know, my boss or because you're in my family or you're going to marry someone in my family, so I got to be kind to you because I have to live with you the rest of my life or know you, my family. Kindness is not selective. And that's so contrary to us, at least it is to me. You see, we're, we're to move from an if-only mentality to a because-of mentality. In other words, we're, kindness is not an if-only they're nice to me. If only I can get something from them. If only they meet these requirements. We're supposed to move away from an if-only mentality to a because-of mentality. The because-of mentality is because God has been so good and so gracious to me, then I am going to be kind and gracious to you. Because I have enough to meet my needs, I'm going to help meet your needs as well because I have the potential to be kind I'm going to be kind. Not a if, but a because. Because that's how God is. That's how God has been towards us. 
Turn with me to Romans chapter 2, verse 1. Bless you. Romans chapter 2, verse 1, it says, You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now, we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Now, Paul has just gone over talking about how we are living in a place where we've given up our minds to the futile futile things of this world. And he brings out this thing that says we can't judge and only God can judge right. And it seems like Paul is really, you know, trying to home the fact that we're just really in a bad place. We can't accuse anyone because we're in the same place. But then he throws us a curve in verse four when he says, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. We just sang that. And and what Paul is saying here, you know how bad these people are, but God is still kind to them. God is still patient, bearing with them. God still gave his son for them in this condition. Are you now gonna be contempt for this goodness that God's showing them? Are are you going to diminish the riches of God's grace? Are you going to make less how kind God is by showing judgment on these people because of how evil they are? You see, that's why you will receive judgment is because, oh, God knows how evil they are and he's still kind. And if you're going to judge them, what is going to happen to you? God is showing mercy. Shouldn't you show mercy? God is kind. Shouldn't you be kind as well? This is God's response to the wickedness of mankind. It's not administering justice, but it's giving grace, right? Justice is getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve, and grace is getting what we don't deserve. What has God shown towards us? Grace. He's given us what we don't deserve. So then why would we think that anyone else is in any different situation? They don't deserve it. Well, neither did you. That person doesn't deserve me to be kind to them. Neither did you. That person's not that hot. Neither are you. See, God is rich in his mercy. And it's God's kindness. It's a response to our broken condition. So when we show kindness to someone, what we are doing is helping that person in their broken condition to see actually God's mercy even in our lives. Turn to Romans chapter five, 
verse 6. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. It says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What a kind thing to do. See what kindness is? Kindness is a demonstration of this. Kindness is showing this kind of concern, being good, even though it's not something they deserve. Kindness is something that is given. So now, the person who cuts you off in traffic, the person who disagrees with your political stance, well, you are still a sinner. Christ died for you. What a kind thing to do. The person who cuts you off in traffic, even though that person did that, do you realize Christ died for them? Christ shows kindness to that person, to the person who you disagree with, to the person who rubs you the wrong way. Kindness is your response because it's God's response. Now, I know as we're coming up to a political year, Facebook is already heated up with all the things that we see, both on the left and on the right. What is our response to be? It's first to be kind. It's to show kindness. Kindness is not just being polite or the absence of negativity. Kindness is active, not passive. It is acting for the good of people regardless of what they do. It doesn't mean doing whatever they want, because sometimes the kind thing to do is not give in to what they want, but it's actually doing what is good for that person, doing something that is going to be kind and helpful to that person. And so what we need to do is see ourselves as being the administers of God's kindness, God's graciousness that shows up in this way. Matthew 7, 12 says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, there's a lot of belief systems that talk about this kind of idea of not doing something bad to others. Confucius says, don't do evil to others. There's a lot of Jewish rabbis who say, what is hateful to you, don't do that. But this is a little different because this isn't just saying don't do something bad to people. It says actually do good to them. Again, it's active. It's not passive. It's showing intention. Kindness moves forward. It's the presence of action. This is what we need to see taking place here. Kindness is the delivery system of God's love to your fellow man. Get that? Kindness is the delivery system of God's love to your fellow man. Which men? All men. 
But what about this guy? What about this person? What about that person who is a terrorist? What about this person who is, you fill in the blanks. There's enough hate around to find something. Kindness is the delivery system of God's love to your fellow man. Jesus says God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Rain is a good thing. I know, in California, we're not used to it. But what's he saying? God gives blessing to those who are just and those who are not just. Who are you to judge? You pointing out someone else's wrongdoing. God is great in his kindness. It's his delivery system of his love to fellow people. There's a passage in Luke chapter 6, verse 31. I'm going to read it in the message translation because I like the way it read. It says, here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. I love that, run-of-the-mill. They're just a run-of-the-mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Garden-variety sinners do that. If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? The stingiest of pawnbrokers does that. I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us, generously and graciously, Even when we're at our worst, our Father is kind. You be kind. Isn't that great? God is kind. You be kind. But it it rubs against me the wrong way. I want to correct I want to fix those people who don't see things the way I do. I want to set them straight. You might be able to, but first be kind. Remember, it's God's kindness that led us to repentance. It's God's goodness that caused our hearts to turn towards him. Maybe we can do the same. Our goodness, our kindness towards those who are our enemies can actually turn them. You know, the, one of the, the greatest revivals, as it's known, that's taking place in the world right now is taking place in the Arab countries. So many people who are Muslims in faith in these countries are coming to faith in Christ. God is ministering to them through dreams and all kinds of things. And there's an incredible amount of conversion to follow after Jesus in these countries. Because there are people who care and are over there and are being kind. But then they hear the news here in the United States 
And there are a handful of people in the name of Jesus who are demonstrating, and I'm not saying their reasons for demonstrating are wrong, but it's not coming across as kind. Who do you think is going to change the hearts of people? Well, I tell you who already is. It's those people who are over there in those countries loving them, the ones that people over here are saying, no, keep them away. Something's wrong. Kindness is to drive everything we do. It is the delivery system of God's love to our fellow man. Kindness is the delivery system of God's love. If we are not being kind towards these people, which people? Well, my enemies, those who have accused me, name it, then I'm not representing God. I know, it's tough, but that's what it is. In Luke 10, 25 through 37, Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. Here we see someone who was an outsider, someone who the Jews would frown upon, see them as defiling their race, and yet that was the person who showed kindness to the man who was beat up on the road, who actually gave him himself. And we see that that was the one who Jesus says, loved their neighbor. That was the one who fulfilled the law. Was the person who actually did kindness. That's why Paul says in Galatians, against these things, there is no law. Remember, laws begin where love ends. If you love someone, then there's no need for law. It's when you don't love someone that you rob them and then you kill them or you beat them up and then you need laws. Where there is love, there is no need for law. And so this kindness that is being shown is again the delivery system of God's love and we see it in that Samaritan as he does good in spite of the nationality difference, in spite of the prejudice, in spite of the racial tension, in spite of all those things that would normally separate these people. Jesus said, this is the person who is the delivery system of God's love because of what he did. Turn with me to Luke chapter eight. starting at verse 43. And a woman was there. Now, here's the, the Jesus returned. There's a crowd, verse, verse 40, that was welcomed him and they were expecting him. They were pressing against him, okay, because of all he's done. And so Jesus was on his way. The crowd almost crushed him in verse 42, it says. That's how pressing it was. They're just crushing in so that he's being squeezed. Have you ever been in a place like that, maybe a concert or something, you know, and you're like this and you're, oh man, and it's just like, you just feel like swinging, right? You're just like, I can't stay like this. You just feel like, just get me some room. You're just crushed. So that's where he's at. He's being crushed by these people. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 
12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, they all denied They were all crushing him, but no, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. I didn't steal your money, whatever happened, I didn't do it. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has been healed. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And I love this picture because I feel that this is something that is happening all around us where life is just pressing in on you. Maybe it's the financial burden that's just crowding you down and you're just feeling the stress of that. Maybe it's a physical burden where you're, you're sick or you know someone who's sick and, and it's just that constant there and we're being pressed in on life all the time and we have, uh, have a response somehow. We're gonna respond in some way and we can either respond by lashing out and just like, oh, I can't stand this. I can't live like this and we get angry or we try and get out of it by some other means. We're gonna, we're gonna go medicate or get drunk or we're gonna you know, get involved with something that's just gonna try and alleviate the stress of what we feel. But what is Jesus's response in this condition where he's crowded and he's being crushed? Someone touches him and he says, who is it? And he takes the time to speak to this one woman in the whole midst of the crowd. He decides to spend the time and talk with them. On our recent trip to Mexico, there was a couple who went with us and they were so excited. They were so thrilled to be there in Mexico, and they, they said, thank you so much for letting me come, letting us come to Mexico. You have no idea what this means to us. And I didn't think anything of it. I, I talked to them at a church on Sunday, and I just said, oh, you want to come? Sure, you can come here and help us sign up, and got them set up and pointed them to Gabe, and they went with us to Mexico. Just taking the time to talk to them and say, yeah, you can come along, made all the difference. To me, it was hardly anything. I just said, sure. To them, it was like, you were so kind, you invited us, and it's made a world of difference. We're telling all our friends, they want to go to Mexico next time. Like, sweet. It might seem like something's just small to you, but it can bring healing to that person. Your response to life crushing in on you, taking the time to turn and deal with the needs that are there can make the world of difference to someone else. And you probably know people in your life who've reached out to you, shown kindness. I know Mary this week reached out to her neighbors and had tea with them. Showing kindness makes a difference. Think of the people who've reached out to you and shown kindness, and what is the impact that has left on your life? That simple act of kindness. 
You see, it's not just being nice. It's not just being polite. It is being active in the love of God towards someone else. And it is our responsibility to show kindness to everyone because God has shown kindness to you. You need to show that towards others. And so as life presses in on us, as we feel overwhelmed with situations, we have to respond in a way that produces healing. Taking the time to invest in someone. When you see a person who's homeless, take time to acknowledge them, even if you can't give them anything. Maybe pray for them. What's your name? Where are you from? What's your story? I can't give you any money. I I don't, you know, I don't usually give money to people. You know, maybe you can go buy them a cup of coffee, take them out to get something to eat. You don't have to give them money. But just take time and show interest. It's up to them to choose what they will do. The other night, last week, someone came to our house about 11 o'clock at night, knocked on the door, which is always a little alarming. Someone's at the door at 11 o'clock. But it's, and it's a person we knew who was homeless at the time. And as she started talking to us, you know, we had to find out some information of what's going on. And it turns out she's just not in a good place. But we had to take the time to try and help her. And as we talked to her, she got a little belligerent. And as we said, well, let us try and get a place for you. She started making accusations about other people. And we said, I'm sorry, you you can't stay here. Because we didn't feel that she should stay here. We felt there was enough reason to warrant her not staying at our house that night, that time. But we will help you try and find a place. And she said, no, forget it. And she just stormed off kind of angry. But you got to take the time. It's up to them what they do with the response, but you have to take the time to show the kindness because kindness is an active representation of God's love. And just that simple act has the power to bring healing. Just like Jesus took the time to address that woman who touched me. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith what? Your faith in me has made you whole. Do you have faith in Jesus, that he can reach those people that you're in contact with at work and family day in and day out. Do you believe that God can reach them? Well, he wants to reach them through your act of kindness. So let it be something that we do and that shapes who we are. Let's pray. Lord, as I was looking at this area of being kind and and seeing all the scriptures where you talk about being kind, you talk about being kind to our enemies, you talk about being gracious to people who are just so fallen and far from you, I found myself convicted because I am so conditional in my kindness. I'm kind to those who agree with me. I'm, I'm kind to those who 
I like. I'm kind to those who I enjoy. I'm kind conditionally, Lord, and yet you are kind unconditionally. And Lord, you, you open my eyes to this prejudice in my life. And it's not a, a prejudice of race. It's a, a prejudice of people that I like and don't like. It, it's a prejudice of those who I'll invest in and those who I won't invest in. It, it's a prejudice of who I'll be kind to and who I won't be kind to. And, and God, who am I to not be kind to someone who you have been gracious to. You are kind. You are so kind. And if we will but represent you, then this kindness will actually be healing, not only for these people, but for us. And I pray, Lord, for us here at Genesis, Lord, as things get more difficult in our country and as tensions get more and more increased, problems increase, and and as there is more division between the right and left, between races, black and white, may we be a people who show kindness to everyone. Lord, may we divide these areas with your love. May we bring peace to a world that is desperately in need. May we not engage in anger before we show kindness. May we not give in to a mentality that cares more about being right than showing kindness. God, help me help us to be a community that represents you accurately in this as times are getting more and more difficult. Show us how we can break down the, the barriers of racism, how we can break down the things that divide us, Lord, from one another and keep us from a closer relationship with you. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.